What's up, everybody? We're at you here at SoCo Athletics with another episode of SoCo Sessions. I'm Joe Salas, got Keaton with me, and Darren. Um, today we're going to be talking about the Iron Man, um, what I would consider, I don't care what anyone says, um, the epitome of athleticism, just because of what you have to do and have to go through. Um, I've never done anything like that. I, I, I'm scared to say yet because I know how Darren is, but um, I've actually done a sprint triathlon. It's one of the tougher things I've done. But Mr. Darren Inslee, our gym owner, our leader, is about to be embarking on his 10th, 10th. 10th Ironman, everyone. Double digits. Yeah. So that's very, um, very, very impressive. So it's going to be more like a roundtable discussion. We're going to jump in and ask him a couple questions. But we're going to have Darren lead off and talk about Iron Man, the beginning, the progression till now, and kind of whatever you want to start us off with. So yeah. take it away. Um, I guess I'll just talk about how I got into it. So uh, I grew up swimming and coaching swimming. And then once I got to college, I decided not to swim in college. It was just too much. Uh, I decided I'd already done too much in high school. And so uh, I kind of was looking for something else to do. Uh, and I was coaching with a guy named Michael at the time. And we went on these bike rides we both just bought bikes and we would ride just to like stay in shape do something different and I decided to sign up for a triathlon a sprint triathlon in Austin and we were on a bike ride and he was like hey I think I'm gonna do a triathlon this weekend and I was like wait which one like because I'm doing one too and we ended up doing the same one and so we went and we did this sprint triathlon down in downtown Austin and uh, I remember it was like super hot that day it was Memorial Day and we just got destroyed like had no idea what we were doing uh, didn't eat the whole time, rode as fast as we could on the bikes so on the run. Like, I'm just walking. Like, it's just <laughs> awful. I have this picture of me, um, skinny little kid wearing, like, normal basketball shorts, these, like, terrible Adidas shoes trying to run down uh, Congress <laughs> Avenue. Did, did y'all train for it? No, we just showed up. Okay. We just showed up and did it. It doesn't sound, that, didn't sound yeah. that long, right? Okay. Right. So it goes so terribly that I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do a half Ironman because that was good. Yeah. So, yeah, literally, like, I remember I talked to my mom. And I was like, hey, I'm going to sign up for this half Ironman out in Lubbock. And I went out there and did it by myself. Again, no real training for it. Just went out and did it. So I remember I, I drive to Lubbock by myself, uh, which is a terrible drive, by the way. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it so is. halfway there, I was like, this is a mistake. Like, what am I doing out here? But got there, um, went and ate Jason's Deli the night before, had a bunch of pasta, which is uh, not such a good idea, by the way. Um, and then I get to the swim start. It's at Buffalo Springs. And I'm the only person not wearing a wetsuit. So I'm the only guy standing there in tri shorts, <laughs> goggles, didn't wear a cap, nothing like that. Uh, I do that. I get on the bike, and you transition right by the water. And I'm the only guy that puts on, like, an actual cycling jersey. Like, everybody else has, like, tri tops and all that. They all know what they're doing. So I get through the bike really hard, really windy. Then we get to the run, and I'm the only guy that throws on a cotton T-shirt. No uh, water, yeah, no nothing. Goes, no, runs a half marathon no, no. out in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, the race was end of June. Lubbock, Texas. Oh boy. Um, so it was windy. It's hot. Right. It's terrible. I remember like I was just drenched in sweat wearing this Aggies cotton t-shirt. It was terrible. So I do that, tell him about it. Uh, that also goes terribly. Um, but so then we decide that we're going to sign up for an Ironman, do a full one. <laughs> so we sign up for uh, Tempe, Arizona in March of the next year. So I did that half in June. And then we sign up for this one in March. And we actually did kind of train for this one, but we trained in the very traditional like go run an hour a day and go bike three hours a day and we didn't swim at all because we were swimmers and we didn't need to um and so we get there and we don't really have any idea what we're doing to be perfectly honest like it, it was everything that we had heard michael had talked to a few people um you know we took gels and stuff on the bike because that's what you're supposed to do um and we you know we 
get out in the desert again it's like 90 degrees for some reason we always pick these really hot races and uh, we got through it one way or another together I mean we swam like me and Keaton far apart for the entire 2.4 miles oh wow you know, that was our agreement at the beginning right before we started we are like alright stay in eyesight do that we bike back and forth I got two flat tires on the bike so I would be ahead of him I'd stop change a flat catch back up to him get another flat catch back up to him um, we got off the bike at pretty much the same time ran the whole marathon together and by run I mean run walk for sure yeah <laughs> mainly absolutely. walking a little bit of run I think the first mile and the last uh, 200 meters we ran the rest of it I don't know we ran a whole lot um, but we finished it and so that was really the beginning and I mean I remember finished the feeling, in time right, right. yeah oh yeah we finished like 13 hours or something. Oh, wow. Which, you know, That's awesome. Um, it's pretty old good old for you? your first one. Oh, I was 20 when I did my first one. So um, couldn't even drink yet. Couldn't even celebrate with a drink afterwards, <laughs> yeah. which I've now learned is a great thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of where the whole thing began. Awesome. So Keen, you want to ask, you got any questions? Because I got a few. So. Um, yeah. So you were talking about how you did a sprint triathlon in the half and in the full. So did you know after that sprint triathlon that that was something that you really wanted to do, like, and pursue? I knew that there was an event out there that was supposed to be really, really hard. Okay. And that was it. And that's something that me and Michael, again, had always talked about was, like, after we did this sprint, we are like, all right, well, there's supposed to be this race out there called the Ironman. Yeah. It's a triathlon. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be really, really hard. And so, like, do you think we can even do it? And we're like, oh, well, we've got to at least try it, right? Yeah. So there was, like, a, a seedling in there, and that's kind of why I did the half Ironman. Because I knew that going from sprint to full was probably not a great idea. Okay. It turns out no. that going from sprint to half is not a great idea either without training. <laughs> but um, luckily, I was 20 years old, so yeah, sure. I'm very resilient at that point. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where the like seed came from. Was yeah. we, we just knew that it was supposed to be incredibly difficult, so like, why not try? You know? So um, kind of moving forward, like into your yeah. other races. Again, I got more than a few questions. But what what made you come back and want to do it again and want to do it again and want to do it again? Like, is it, is it beating yourself? Is it just the experience? Is it overcoming things? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a couple of things. Um, and all of them are really hard to describe because they're all feelings. Sure. And so like you always reach this point during a race where like you're at your absolute limit, you know, you're just totally broken yet. You still have 50, 25, 10, five miles that you still have to go, you know, so you can quit, but that's going to be in your head forever. And so instead you just have to find a way through. So number one, being broken down like that is a really cool feeling as terrible as that sounds. It's really neat to know, to find your absolute limit and then go right past it, you know, and there's always a second at that limit where you, you can't, you can't go past it. Like you're done. I know there's so many times you can ask Kristen the number of times that I've seen her halfway through the run and I've stopped and then like, I can't. Like, this is it. Like, I'm coming, I'm hanging out with you. I'm not going to be able to make it through. And yeah. she's like, no, nah, just you know, keep walking. Just keep going. Because sure. she knows that I'm capable of moving. Absolutely. The other point of that is the challenge of this race is so daunting. And yes, it's very, very long. But there's so many facets to it. You have to figure out how to train the run, how to train the bike, how to train the swim effectively. You have to figure out how to train the interplay of those three things because you can swim really strong you can bike really strong you can run really strong and you can still have a terrible race it's it's how those three play together that's such a challenge so how much effort do you put into the swim to be able to have a great bike to be able to attack the run or do you really back off on the swim and crush the first half of the bike recover the second half to have a great run or like what is the interplay there and like when you don't do well what was the issue so it's the challenge of figuring out how to solve that puzzle um, and then you have to do all of these things 
meshed into a real life. You know, that's the other part. I'm not a professional athlete. So learning how to train, what to train, when to train outside of family and friends and work and going out to eat and, you know, staying up late to drink and all the things. It's just, I love the challenge and kind of the like Rubik's cube of it. It's like, how do I get all the sides to align with all these little pieces? And even on race day, it's, you're sitting there and you're, you're moving one piece forward, one piece back, you know, do I need a little more salt? Do I need a little more carbohydrate? So it's the lead up to it. It's the challenge of it. And then afterwards, when you get beat up so bad, like you're pissed off because yeah. like, uh-huh. why oh, did yeah. I just get beat yeah. so bad? By this race? Of it, yeah. So like, you know, essentially screw that. I'm going to do it again and I'm going to beat it and I'm going to you know try again. So that's why I've done nine and now about to do 10 of them because I'm not satisfied getting beat up by essentially like an inanimate object yeah. you sure. know, by just sure. some three distances laid out all in a row. Like I'm not okay with those three things just yeah. crushing me. Sweet. So, um, we all work out a lot together and, um, everyone knows that Darren is a strategist. I don't even know if that's a word, but strategist and how he attacks a workout. There's times where I blazed out in front of him, felt really good about it. And then no matter what, here comes Darren at the end, whether it's a run, it's a lift. He just knows how to plan his workouts really well. Maybe the best I've ever seen. Do you do that in Ironman or do you kind of play by, I know you have a super strong swim. So that's all I'm I'm not gonna say it's nothing to you because that's something to everyone right but you just attack that hard and then pace the bike and see how the run goes or and i've always heard i think you even told me it's you know survive the swim you know the uh finish the bike and just do whatever you can on the run right so so really like that's the thing is um that's where training comes into play Mm -hmm. and you just learn what to push on when to push where to push and what that does to the rest of it so for me yes i'm a really really strong swimmer um, I know that Debbie and Michelle and Holly and Jesse and Brett are going to be pissed when I say, like, I don't train the swim at yeah. all. Oh, and yeah. Some people <laughs> say, like, well, that's detrimental to you. And, like, no, it's not because yeah. I can get out and I can just cruise the swim. No effort whatsoever. In Lake Placid, I mean, I just coasted it. And I thought, I thought like, okay, my time's going to be, like, an hour and a half, hour 40 minutes. And I still got out, like, I think around to hour 10. And I was like, well, that was probably a little too fast. But I was cruising the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I get on the bike and everybody smashes me on the bike. I'm a terrible cyclist. And so I want to try and keep up with everybody on the bike, but I can't. I just know I can't. So I have to sit and wait, and I have to strategize like you're talking about. And I have to sit there and let every single person pass me, knowing that when the run comes around, like it's, it's, it's time to reel them in. You know, you're just going for it. You're just picking them off one by one. So, And the whole time, like in the bike, the first 10 miles, I feel great, but I know that I just have to sit there, and you just have to chill out. Because you can feel great for the first 10, and terrible for the last hundred mm. or you can chill out for the first 10 chill out for the first 20 chill out for the first 30 and then feel great the last 20 before yeah. you get on the run get the recharge so it's it's a lot of experience but it's also a lot of mind games with yourself sure. just pacing picking strengths and weaknesses and catering to those yeah and that'll be for a later podcast yeah. like the mind games and what we do as far as doing that um okay really quickly <clears throat> your worst race your best race and your most fun race or a funny story about cool. Junior? Well, I, I'm, I'll break that into four <coughs> things. So first thing, um, my, let's go with my worst race. Uh-huh. Um, my worst race was the one race that I've done absolutely by myself. And so we, me and Michael did the first Ironman together in Arizona. And of course, because it went so terribly and we got beat up so bad, we signed up to do it again the next year. Exact same race, exact same place. Next year, boom, we're doing it. And he got engaged. And he was going to get married. And so it finally got to the point where he hadn't trained enough. That he was like, dude, I can't do this race with you. Like, I'm just going to slow you down. I'm probably not going to finish. I'm not going to do it. And I was like, awesome. I'm going to Arizona by myself to do this race. 
And so that year it was like 30 mile per hour winds. It was like 90 to 100 degrees. I mean, it was just the worst conditions. And so doing that by myself, uh, that was the worst. I mean, if I had to do every race by myself, I probably wouldn't do them mm-hmm. because it's so much more fun to do it with people. Sure. Um, I still had my family out there, Kristen and Patsy. My parents came, but still, I mean, when you're out there for 12 hours, totally Golly. alone, couldn't imagine. 13, 14 yeah. hours, it's awful. Especially grueling on yeah, those kind of days. It's just grinding. Um, my best race was Louisville, Kentucky. I think that was my third, fourth, or fifth. I can't remember. Best as in time? Best was in time, but best overall. Just so, I mean, that's the first time that I broke 12 hours, and that was always a goal of mine. Um, my swim was fantastic. I, I'm, the bike was fantastic, but I remember this one point on the bike. We're going up this hill, and I lost my noon tablets, my hydration. Oh, I fell off. Oh, and so the good. whole time up this hill, you're having this battle with yourself. Like, I'm not – I, I got to keep going. I, I got to use what's on the course. But you learn through training that that's not what works. You have to do exactly what you've trained. So I get to the top of this hill – and I'm the only idiot that turns around and rides with cars back down the hill to go oh, get these noon tablets. And I turn around and go back up the oh. hill. And you still beat your and, and then, you know, I get to the bike and this is where that interplay, I mean the run, that's where this interplay comes in. I smashed the run because I stayed on my hydration the whole time. I took those noon tablets. My bike was fantastic, great pacing. And then my run, I ran the whole thing start to finish. I ran with this other guy that, we, that I hooked up with about mile 15 and... I mean, just smash it. I think my marathon time was like 3.55, which is smoking yeah. for yeah. after wow. that whole long Jeez. day. Yeah. You know, like, Dang. I mean, just crush this run, <laughs> crush that race. Um, but it was also ideal conditions. It was breezy. It was 70 to 80 degrees. Uh, there was a little bit of undulation on the bike and the run, but not a lot. So it was just like perfect conditions. Sure. Um, favorite race... Probably that's a toss-up because we've had so many fun ones. Favorite trip was probably Whistler because uh-huh. we went bungee jumping beforehand. Yeah, that was Debbie's first awesome. race. Like Canada's really awesome. Mm-hmm. I remember the swim was like super dark and cold and weird, which was kind of cool. Uh, the bike course was really tough, but it was uh, like a third of it was mountains, and then there was this middle section, probably like sixty percent, that was like just completely flat all the way out, all the way back. But then you had to climb 12 miles back into the mountains at the end. So that was a really challenging bike, but it was fun. It was, it was good. Um, and then Placid was pretty cool because we'd never been out to New yeah, York. So yeah. that was a really neat race. Um, well, that was Holly's first one, but we also had such a big group all staying in the same house. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then craziest story was the second year that I did Idaho. Um, we're out on the run course and the run wraps around this lake. And so it's a two loop, I believe. And so we go out on the first loop, and about halfway down the lake loop, there's a porta potty next to an aid station. And I remember I went in there, I peed, get out, go back, come back on the second loop, and there's caution tape around the porta potty oh because boy. somebody had done so much work to it oh. they, they, they had to close it off. caution tape, and uh, the wind was behind me going out. And when you turn around oh. and you come back in, smell I mean, half a mile away, you could smell this porta Oh, like, yeah. It was yeah. so Were righteous. Were like, people gagging and stuff? Oh, like, it was I awful. Mean, like, people, so, like, like, here's the porta potty. People would, like, run and go out into the street, like, around it. Oh. Just to avoid getting anywhere. <laughs> That's the last so, thing you want to smell yeah, when you can't be, even breathe. Yeah, you're just so hot awful. or miserable. Yeah. So that was probably the craziest thing that I've seen. Well, I almost got peed on in Louisville, too. That was a weird thing. Is that when the bike? Yeah, I was yeah, on the tell, bike. Tell what, I'll never forget Catherine. When y'all tell me, yeah. like, this stuff happens, it's like, it happens. super yeah. funny to me. Like, So we're, what, we're going down a hill, and I remember 
Um, we're just out in pastures, and there's this lady, Catherine, that we've been going back and forth all day. Well, I'm going downhill, and I'm just sitting there cruising, chilling. Catherine comes behind me, comes around me, sits right in front of me, and she stands up. I was like, that's kind of weird standing up on a downhill. Like, just chill out. And then she starts peeing. Oh. And all over her bike, and the wind's <laughs> catching it, and it's coming at no me. No heads up? No like, heads up. So I, like, get like, out of the way, and I go, and I, I'm, like, passing her, and I know I said something unpolite to her, yeah. you know, whatever, but... Um, that was one of the weirdest things. Let that's it one rip. Of the Catherine with yeah. the C. Yeah, that's oh crazy. I, I, I mean, I think I don't know if it was you or Michelle told me one time that someone she was pretty sure someone in front of her did a little mess in their pants on the bike. Oh, for sure. Just like that happens. It happens, man. Oh, like man. you run past people and you're like, oof, rough day. Yeah, rough right. Day. I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah just could definitely finish it out. Happening. I mean, yeah. like. They just, yeah, you just go. Just a, no holds barred out there, I'm telling you. It's I like mean, I've done some mud runs, a lot of mud runs, yeah. but that's something different. The man. swim, Absolutely. you can do whatever you want. You can use a restroom while you're swimming, yeah, but on a bike. I did that, but oh. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, Keen, you got anything else? I mean, like, um, yeah, one last, uh, one quick little question. Is it, is it still like a learning game as far as nutrition goes? Because doing a half marathon, I was overthinking yeah. what I needed to eat if I even needed to eat. So with an Ironman, I'm sure that it's even more yeah, important. Yeah, the thing for me is that whatever food I use for one race, I can't use for another race. Yeah. Like I either get burnt out on it or for some reason like my stomach won't handle it, whatever. Right. So yeah. every race is totally different, so it's always a learning game for me. Sure. Um, and I've done the drinks and I've done the gels and the gummies and the blocks and all, all the different stuff. Um, and now I'm to the point where I eat like Pop-Tarts and gummy <laughs> bears and you know yeah. Reese's and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches like because – you just get to the point where you just can't handle all that processed, anyway. crazy yeah. sugar. So, and you gotta um, be comfortable yeah, with it. Yeah, it's definitely a learning game all the time. Okay, um, so you're about to do ten, and I'm gonna save that for my final question because it has to do with the kiddos. Second to last question mm. would be: You've done nine, and you've coached many people through. Um, you've helped a lot of people through, whether it's local or from a distance. Done mm. their programming, and you saw. I don't even know how many people. I don't know if you know the number of people you've seen finish. I don't know. Which is more rewarding? Um, I know a lot of coaches have done accomplished a lot of things in life, but they say when they coach someone or help someone through it and they beat the obstacle, it's even more rewarding to them. So for you, and or is it different? Like you know, I know some people enjoy the grind, and I beat myself again, and I almost beat this race, and I'm going to do that. Or to see someone you didn't know or they didn't know finish, which one's more? I don't say rewarding or refreshing or whatever you want to say. Yeah, so finishing is definitely rewarding, obviously. Mm-hmm. But really, for me, my races finishing are not nearly as important as when I do help other people finish. Because, oh man, just knowing what goes into it, to be able to have that sort of uh, input into somebody else's journey, like mm-hmm. to be able to tell them, like, here's what you need to be doing, and here's what I've learned, and here's kind of the things to think about, and here's the plan, and here's, you know, you can, I can provide all the information to them, but they still have to go do it. Mm-hmm. But to be able to help them do that is so cool. Like, yeah. every time somebody finishes, I'm super excited for them. Every time they get their first one, like, I'm just as pumped as they are. Um, I don't know how many people I've helped finish now. I don't know. I mean, take the races that I've done. The last five, I've helped at least one other person sometimes mm-hmm. eight other people mm-hmm. I've helped remote people you know but going to all those races and seeing them is is so awesome whenever they finish um, yeah. I'm probably more excited than they are because I know 
from the outside what they did to get there. Gotcha. And a lot of people don't understand that. You know, no. they understand like, oh yeah, you did this thing. It was really long, awesome. Like next thing. But for me, I'm like, you committed six to twelve months of your life to this thing. Gotcha. And I know the hours that you took away from your family, and I know, you know, the struggles that you went through, and I know how many times you went and worked out when you didn't want to. Like, what they've done as a person is so cool compared to just like crossing that finish line. Yeah. yeah. And I know a lot of people listening. Um, probably already know this, like you're kind of the go-to guy around here for Ironman training mm -hmm. and training, endurance training, that kind of thing. But I'm going to do a shameless plug on my part because yeah. I, I hate swimming. I'm not yeah. a great swimmer at all. Um, and this is really for Darren. Keaton, I think you're going to try next year maybe. I would like to. Yeah. I did a sprint triathlon, <clears throat> y'all, and really the only time I ever swim before I did that was uh, to wakeboard mm -hmm. and to surf. And that's it. I had to swim to my boards, basically. Um, that's it. And, you know, one had a leash on it, so it's pretty cool. But I just obviously didn't want to drown. Um, so, Darren, you know, talk about trust in the process. I, I didn't know. He was more confident in me in getting stuff done and my ability than I was. And, you know, um, the first year I did it, I finished. It was great. But the second year, I stuck to the program to the T, and I beat my time by, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. Which, uh, if you don't know, that's a, it's a pretty big deal. And I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm kind of tooting Darren's horn and the gym's horn and mm -hmm. everyone I train with. But um, he kind of knows what he's doing, you know, yeah. trusting the process. And he has, has so much behind him and so much experience that, um, you know, it helps a ton. Your recommendations help a ton. Yeah. So we appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, again, shameless plug, everybody. Hit Darren up or Soko, <laughs> right? <laughs> but last question, and we're going to dive more into this on some podcasts later. Yeah. But this is 10 and not only is it 10, Keaton said double digits, but there are the two other digits you have with you now. You have yeah. two babies, um, two beautiful babies that you yeah. just recently, how old are they? Uh, six months. Six months. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they got a great story themselves. We'll say that for another podcast, but how is it affecting your current training now? I know I see you up at the gym early morning carrying yeah. both of the kids around. So um, touch on that real quick before we close. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I do going kind of back to coaching other people um, the, the biggest misconception in endurance racing is that to be good in endurance, you just go out and you ride and run and swim for hours and hours and hours on end. You know, like the number of people that run 25 miles before they go run their marathon is insane. Like, why do you do that? You don't have to, you don't have to know that you can run 26 miles to run 26 miles. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to do it in training, like just call that your marathon, be done with it, you know? So one of the things that we really try and do with our program, with my program for individuals is be super efficient with time. And I've always tried to do that for other people. I've always tried to do that for myself. But now having these little, these two little nuggets around, like it's just paramount that, you know, they eat every two and a half hours. So sure. at most I have two hours to train at very most. Never do I have two hours to train unless Kristen's watching them. Yeah. Um, so the efficiency component is so big, mm -hmm. you know, like there's no fluff in our program anymore. There's no, um, even optional stuff is like, look, this optional, like, you just really need to get it done. It's not sure. really optional. It's highly it's, recommended. It's, yeah, you yeah, just it's it highly recommended. Yeah. Right. But there's no really long warm-ups. There's no really easy bikes. There's no really, you know, like, we just don't do that anymore. Um, but at the same time, the other part of the affected training is that, like, that plan that I ride is fantastic. You know, it's ideal. It's this, this if, if somebody does every single work that I've written, they're going to just smoke the race. But that's not real life. Absolutely. And so now I have to look at these workouts and I have to start them and, like, Brian will tell you, Michelle will tell you, Debbie will tell you, like I start off with the best of intentions, but pretty much every workout gets messed up. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm able to rely so heavily on my experience to be able to do this with them that if I didn't have that experience, it'd probably be a much different ballgame. Gotcha. Um, but 
yeah, it's, it's a lot of time management and it's a lot of uh, intensity management. Like the number of times that I go out and I just run as hard as I can because I have 20 minutes rather than like intervals and rest and work and all that. Same thing on the bike. Like there's no warm up now. I just sit down and I just bike. And like Michelle and Debbie will warm up on their own. And once I have these two situated, it's like on the bike, go, interval, start now. Wow. And usually I have to bail on them, but um, it, it's a way different ball game. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, that's it. We come to a yeah. close. Um, we got Iron Man number 10 coming up. Yeah. We'll probably have some more about your training and some other stuff on yeah. that. And can't wait to see how that turns out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's it, y'all. SoCo Sessions. Appreciate it. Out. Later.